Hello, listeners. It's Dan. A couple quick notes about this episode before we begin. First, I apologize for the sound. Uh, I live with several animals, and in the room where I record, there are lizards. The lizards eat crickets, and there are some spots where you can hear some cricket chirps in the background as I'm speaking. At another point, my cat decides to sit on my lap, and you may be able to hear some low-frequency purring as well. I didn't realize my mic was picking these things up at the time, so I'll definitely be mindful of these things in the future. But such is the nature of a DIY podcast. This episode is also the debut of our new streamlined intro, so without further delay, enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Not too much, Dan. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I would say it was a great day. I I was outside for a bit. I had to go to an event uh, for work, and it was outside, and it was a beautiful day where we are. But I got to say, I think I might have gotten a little bit sunburned, which is kind of crazy, because I was only out there for like an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But man, it was like toasty, sunny, but... um, it was for a good. It was for a good cause. I was happy to be there. Um, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well myself. Um, you know, I meant to check before we started recording, so shame on me. But I think this is our uh, our ninth full length episode. Um, so, yep, I think that's right. So uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, next week is the tenth anniversary. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to. Uh, talk some music um and to start us off i do have a question for you of course great i'm ready Uh, all right so what i wanted to know is uh, are there any songs that uh, you can name that you really love but are by artists that you know nothing else about very good question. Very good question. So, uh, I give I, I give it a little thought because you were kind enough to to shoot this over to me before we got started, and I, I have a couple. So so bear with me. So the first one is, uh, like super poppy. I think it's great. Uh, I have to thank my eight year old daughter for introducing it to me. It's uh, Ava Max, Kings and Queens. It's that's a banger, man. It's like just a great pop song. I don't know anything about her, but I like it <laughs> and and happy to put it on for the kids on the car ride to school. I, I think that's a fun one. So that 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 was one that popped into my head. I don't know anything about her, but that's a great song. The other one is you remember, I guess it was maybe like a couple months ago. There was the Weather, Wellerman meme that was going around on TikTok and, you know, somebody who, I think it was started by a Welsh guy and he he sang it and then all these people like riffed over it. And so like I went on like a weird like two hour YouTube deep dive and saw (laughs) the different versions of it. And suddenly I came across this guy. His name is Alan Doyle. And I, I don't and per the question, I don't really know anything about him. He's I think he's British. He might be Irish. I don't know. But he has a song called Bully Boys, which has that same kind of like um, like sailor song kind of kind of feel to it. And, you know, I've you know, you can find him on YouTube and he's singing it in pubs, you know, on New Year's Eve or whatever. And it's just a really cool song. And, uh, you know, I don't know any of his other music. I didn't have time 
to explore more, but that was one that, that came to mind. And then uh, the last one that I that I thought of, there's two that, and, and I think this is kind of how I stumble upon music. It, it, it's actually on soundtracks. So the TV show Scrubs that was on kind of in the early 2000s, oh, yes. they were known for having like really eclectic and cool music choices, definitely celebrating, you know, lesser known artists. So two that came to my uh, in my mind was uh, New Slang by The Shins, which I don't know anything about it, but I think that song was cool. And it was also in Garden State, which, of course, is like a Zach Braff connection. And then the other one, which I think is appropriate for um, for our episode tonight, when we'll be talking about Peter Gabriel, because they're kind of of the same era, is uh, um, is Colin Hay and his song um, Overkill. So, so I, you know, I don't know much about Colin Hay. I know he's, you know, just kind of a cool British uh, singer-songwriter. I think he was part of a group at one point, which, you know. But uh, yeah, men, men at work. Men at work. That, that's right. That's right. So, so that that is what I, I thought of it. And I think it's always fun to kind of find these, like, random artists that you wouldn't necessarily, like, listen to the whole album like we do on this show. But, like, you know, there are a couple of songs that, that kind of just pop up to you, you you hit save uh in whatever music player you're you're using these days and uh and then it just kind of gets into the rotation so so those were a few that that uh that came to mind for me uh very interesting and and there were uh, a few there well the first two you mentioned I, I have no idea what those are so um i'll have to uh i'll have to look those up myself well the uh, ava max one once you hear it you'll be like oh yeah i know what this is but okay, <laughs> the other I'm, one maybe not so much. Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure about that, but it's but it's possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you that question because uh, the the album that we're going to be taking a look at today is "So" by Peter Gabriel, and "So" contains uh, arguably Peter Gabriel's most most famous song, uh, which is "In Your Eyes." Um, and I think if you don't know anything about Peter Gabriel, you probably know that song. Um, and, you know, that's definitely what made me want to, you know, take a closer look at his work because, you know, it's a great song and it's kind of stood the test of time for a reason. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, before we kind of get into it, um, I did want to give everybody, you know, a little bit of background like like we do. Uh, so you kind of know the context of where uh, Peter Gabriel was was coming from. Uh, so. This album is Peter Gabriel's fifth solo album. Um, prior to that, for folks who don't know, he was lead singer for Genesis. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And when he was in Genesis, it was a completely different band. Right, right, right. Uh, I've only heard a little bit of that stuff, and I haven't listened to it in years, but it's definitely not the Genesis that we're used to hearing with Phil Collins as the lead vocalist. Mm -hmm. uh, it was definitely a more avant-garde, experimental type of music. Um, this album was produced by Gabriel and Daniel Lan Lanois, uh, and Lenoir's been around for decades. He's produced a bunch of U2 albums, 
Uh, he's worked with uh, Bob Dylan on some of his kind of later career stuff. Uh, Emmy Lou Harris as well. Just lots and lots of stuff that he's worked on. Um, and uh, I, for one, think they did a great job at kind of crafting the the overall sound and feel uh, of this album. Um, and then before we get into the album itself, just a couple of little uh, factoids, uh, some fun facts. So a uh, friend of the show, Stuart mm-hmm. Copeland, mm-hmm. Uh, played on this. Um, yes, that's right. <laughs> he, he did, uh, he played only the hi-hat on Red Rain, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and if you ever listen to the police song Walking on the Moon, you'll mm-hmm. know why they're like, yeah, just play the hi-hat. Right, right. There, there's a drum break <laughs> in that song where he's going sick on his hi-hat, and it's just very cool. Um, and uh, then he also played drums on uh, We Do What We're Told. Um, and another kind of interesting coincidence here is that so was released in 1986, mm-hmm. which is the same year that Gabriel's former band Genesis released Invisible Touch. Mm-hmm. So I found it very interesting that Gabriel and Genesis released probably their most successful albums in the same year. Simultaneously, right? Yeah, simultaneously <laughs> and, and separate from one another. Right, right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Joe, what, what were your first impressions? So, uh, you know, I, I of course knew the most famous track on this album, but the rest of it was, was pretty new to me. There were a couple, I think Red Rain and maybe parts of Sledgehammer. I, I, I recognized a little bit, but, um, most of it was, was pretty new to me and it was really, I think, you know, and I don't think this was your intention when you select this one and that's totally cool, but I think it was a bit of like down memory memory lane for us going back to the beginning of this podcast because there's lots of stuff in here that I was like, oh, that sounds like a little bit like Springsteen or oh, I could see how Bruno Mars would listen to this and then weave it into his new like new like more like updated version of like that 80s funk sound or oh, you know, of course, the police like they're kind of contemporaries. They have I mean, they're very different, but they have like you know, they experiment with a lot of like the same sort of instrumentation and bringing in different non-Western sounds into their music. So, um, and, and I liked all that. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, I think he, Peter Gabriel, you know, and, and this is just my own ignorance. I didn't realize what a great songwriter he is because I thought that, you know, all, all, all these songs, you know, with, with him performing and, and, and writing most of them, you know, He's just he's just a, a tremendous talent and totally, I think, um, underrated, mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, he just came out at a time when there were so many good, you know, songwriters and, and people just producing great music of all different styles. And um, I think sometimes he gets a little bit overlooked beyond in your eyes. And um, so I'm glad that we took the time to take a closer listen Um because for me, I mean, let's just talk about some some of my favorite tracks. It, sure, as we do, uh, Sledgehammer, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, just just a banger. The horns in that song, um, yeah. 
you know, this the whole like theme of, you know, helping people reach their full potential. Um, obviously, like not sugarcoating it, like you got to do the work. But, you know, if you ask me for your help, I'm going to help you. Um, and in, the one thing about that song, it was like the, the intro, which has that like bamboo flute sound. Yeah. I like I didn't hate it. I was just kind of curious, like, hmm, I wonder why they put that in there. Just kind of slide something in to keep you on your toes. But like that song is awesome. It's just so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What uh, about you? Yeah, absolutely. And um just real quick, don't worry, folks, we are gonna get to in your eyes at the end, but we'll but there there is a lot to talk about here, so we're gonna kind of get into some of the other tracks first but yeah sledgehammer that's definitely on my list um and that's a funny one because i had heard that song multiple times and i don't know why i never gave it a like a a real close Mm -hmm. listen but yeah i mean i haven't i have in my notes and you know cover your kids ears for a second and my notes i have like horns fucking awesome (laughs) yeah yeah um and um well yeah like and and let's just stop right there right and because it's not only like they're used throughout but then they get like they 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 play with the dynamic levels so brilliantly they have like this Mm -hmm. forzando where like they hit it hard then they back off and then it swells again and it just kind of like propels the whole song forward and um and and that part of it is really cool and then like and I'm sure that you notice this because you you always notice these sort of things, but like the the bass line and the percussion mm-hmm. are like so complex and, and but like totally within like sound great within the piece, but like you do have to listen closely to get all the little intricate parts of it. I mean, d- you noticed that, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And um, I just love how. So like the snare is is just keeping time like like you'd norm normally mm-hmm, would, mm-hmm. but hitting at the exact same time it 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 sounds like a tambourine, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they're do also doing something else in the studio, but every one of those hits it kind of it kind of lingers in the air for a little bit, right, right, and it's just so cool, um, and. Uh, yeah, and then and then there's like this little like funky guitar kind of kind of <laughs> chugging away, right, right, right. Uh, in the um, in the background, you know, you know, keeping things moving, and it's just such a great groove. Um, you know, I'm like, I'm like five and a half minutes. Make this song eight minutes. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> like keep going. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and. Uh, I think the vocal production is really cool, too. Um, and it, just the way that you know, there's certain certain spots where the vocals are where the vocals are doubled mm-hmm. for for emphasis, and then other parts where there's where there's harmonies, and it's Gabriel harmonizing with himself. Right. And then you've got the you know the background, you know the background singers. Uh, which have like this real like um, just R and B feel to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. as as well. It's just a really dense work. Yeah, and sure. and it has one of the 
coolest like 1980s uh, uh, videos, you know, <laughs> like M- like MTV MTV staple videos. It's like it's all this kind of like stop action animation and like claymation and all kinds of wild stuff. And I'm definitely going to link to that uh, in our, oh, in our, now, in now our show notes. Check, and now I have to check it out. Cause yeah, like, you definitely are <laughs> probably pushing like the limits of like 1980s technology, which, you know, looking back at it now, I mean, we can appreciate it cause we were there when it was happening to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I remember when stuff looked like this. <laughs> so maybe right. our younger listeners may not be so impressed, but um, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty cool. Well, it's just so cool because you think about like how they're doing everything in this analog way. Like they didn't have ways to, you know, digitally edit stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm looking at all this, you know, stop action animation stuff. I'm like, this must've taken months. Like, cause there's so many, cause it goes to so many different places. Like it has so many different setups that Mm -hmm. it's just like, this must've taken them forever. Um, but, uh, but oh, anyway, music, oh, music videos. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough for me to even just talk about Sledgehammer and talk about some of this stuff in any kind of a measured way. Cause I really loved the the whole thing, uh, to, to, to be honest. Um, and, uh, well, can I can I can I bring us to uh, Mercy Street because that was another one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go yeah, that that was so cool. Um, I think it really showcased uh, Peter Gabriel's voice, and um, you know, it's so simple, but it's so powerful. Just the you know the octaves of the vocal line in in unison. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and you hear it and you think, oh, well, it's like it's so simple, but it's like, yeah, but it's beautiful and it's kind of cool. And just in that song, it, it sounds to me like a Simon and Garfunkel song, which is which is a compliment, frankly, because they're like, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, they're they're great songwriters in their own right. But I, and and that's what I mean when I say, wow, I didn't realize Peter Gabriel was like on that level, but he was on that level. He is on that level, you know, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that song that I think is so brilliant is like there's this subtle percussion throughout the whole song and and like just kind of like broad chords that are played on the synth synthesizer and they're just kind of in the background. But then they all but then it's it's so in sync that when you get to the big broad chorus, which even in this song, which is it's still understated, you know, intentionally so, but it just fits all together like this neat little puzzle and you Mm -hmm. and like you didn't even realize that it was it was all going down this road and then it just come it culminates into the chorus and it's like oh you planned that the whole time didn't you you smart son of a bitch (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's like oh you guys are just great musicians and um and that like really affected me as i was listening to it like the second and third time i'm like Cause like you, it's it's a very understated piece, and then it kind of opens up in the chorus, and you're like, where did all the sound come from? And it's like, oh, dummy, it was there the whole time. You just weren't paying close enough attention to hear it. And that's yeah. like, and that's the the brilliant thing about the songwriting. 
yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. They just in the studio the way they were you know, just building sounds and you know, making all these these layers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um fit together and like and like play off of one another um is just uh you know, th- that kind of thing is just very you know, very appealing to me. It's like um, a lot of these songs are like, you know, they're they're creating like this ocean wave that you're that you're that you're riding a- a- along with, um, mm-hmm. and that's you know that that type of just construction of a song is is extremely you know appealing to me um where you just kind of have like this this field of sounds where things are are you know coming in and out dynamically um that's really kind of my my favorite type of music mm-hmm. to listen to mm-hmm. um in spite of me mentioning metal on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> but, but um but uh that that type of um you know composition uh is is just really well and enjoyable to me just personally no no for sure i i i am I'm, I'm with you and and um you know Sometimes that that sort of thing happens organically, like when you talk about groups that play together for for decades and they just kind of know how it all feels and goes and they know, like, I'm going to start this thing and be really subtle about it. And then when the time comes, I'm going to let it rip. And then other times, and I think this may be the case for this one because it's so precise, it's it's actually part of the whole formulation of the song and they've planned it from the onset and. When you're when you're that intentional to say, you know, it's I, I'm going to plant the seed, but I'm not going to let it bloom until I want it to like mm-hmm. that. that That's really brilliant. And that's like and that's when, you know, we talked about this, you know, on on other albums is, you know, this idea of like, I'm going to plant the seed. I'm going to create all this distance and then I'm going to have it come to a resolution. And again, I think that's that's what makes music so so wonderful such a beautiful art form um so if i may because i i know you're gonna just continue to gush as you should yeah yeah, yeah. i mean disclaimer <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna, I re- I'm gonna come at you with a couple of things that i i, I would have liked to, to be have been done a little bit differently but go ahead for, go ahead. for sure yeah i was just gonna say you know w- one little disclaimer is you know b- because of the way this this was made and because it appeals to me in a certain in a certain way i'm going to be very biased about uh you know my my opinions and you know in 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 loving this that's <laughs> you know that's all so just take what i say with a grain <laughs> of salt but um uh but yeah but there nothing's perfect and uh you know go right ahead and um you can uh, talk about some things that maybe you know didn't work as well so don't give up and 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 I get that this song was 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 a commentary about you know certain political happenings you know in the mid eighties in in the UK, and that's fine, and and they were sending a message, but just from on a musical level, um, it, it wasn't 
there were parts of it that were cool, but to be honest, you know, the Kate Bush part of it was not my favorite. Um, mm. And 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 the song is six and a half minutes long, and I listened to it once and I was like, I don't really know what this like ethereal kind of weird singing is. And then I listened to it again and I was like, oh, you know, the Peter Gabriel part is is pretty is pretty enticing. It's it's just the Kate Bush part that I can't really you know get on board with and so you know i was thinking man maybe we should like is there another cut of the song without that part of it and you know we we were talking before you know as we were getting started you know it's weird when duets don't really have any interaction they're just kind of like i'm gonna take a turn you're gonna take a turn i'm gonna take a turn and it's kind of like does it need to be a duet if that's how it's gonna go if that's how you're gonna roll i i don't really know um because, like, to me, and maybe this is too harsh, but, you know, Kate, Kate Bush came to the potluck and she brought some napkins and then she drank all the wine. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell, Kate? What are you bringing here? What are you doing yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that it's that it's a missed opportunity, you know, when you have a have a duet and the voices don't interact with each other in any kind of way and 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 i and the way that i see this song is that it's a you know a call and response like the verses sung by peter peter gabriel kind of explain the um you know kind of explain the struggle and then kate bush's part is kind of supposed to be this this literal voice of hope right right um but on a musical level I I think it's a missed opportunity that they weren't, you know, yeah, singing, I mean, I think together I, at all. I think if that was the intention, which which I think your your theory sounds right to me, um, it's it was a good plan. It just wasn't executed at the level that maybe they had hoped for, you know. Right, right. And and then as far as Kate Bush goes, um, I I don't know a ton about Kate Bush. She mm-hmm. is kind of a a revered figure and just like tons of artists that that were influenced by her so uh i do have a kate bush album on our list that maybe at some point we'll get to and if we and if we and if we (laughs) well you know what and if we see her kind of on her uh on her home turf it might be a different story it might be a different story okay but we'll see i'll keep an Um, open mind sure uh any any other uh kind of uh, foibles or missteps that you uh, wanted to bring up? Well, I think I think we have to talk about this is the picture because mm-hmm. it's just weird. I don't know what else to say. It's just yeah. kind of a weird song. It's like, all right, we're in the 80s. So, you know, there's definitely, you know, things got a little weird. People took some substances. I don't really know. It was <laughs> it was a weird thing. It was a weird time because um, I just didn't get it. And maybe that's just a song that's not for me, and that's fine. But I didn't need to listen to that one more than a couple times. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it does kind of have, like, this weird slam poetry thing going on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's a, uh, you know, it's it's slipping, it's slipping my mind. As far as the writing for that one, I I believe Laurie Anderson 
wrote it or co-wrote it with with Peter Gabriel. But um, for those for those who don't know, Laurie Anderson's a performance artist and she plays violin and she kind of does these avant-garde pieces. And I don't I don't know a lot about her. You know, I kind of got a brief overview in in college when I was when I was studying art. But that's kind of that kind of gives you an idea of where this piece is 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 coming from. Um, I, I have to say, I, I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a just a you know a little bit of a detour uh, on this album that you know that's full of kind of interesting sounds, um, but at the same time does it need to be there probably not and in fact if you bought the if you bought this on vinyl instead of on instead of on cassette or cd back in 86 Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't have gotten this one um so it was was, i don't know i don't know how adding this would entice you to buy the cd but (laughs) but uh, that's got to be a real (laughs) small segment of the market it's like oh yeah now i need to go out and get it but to each right, their right. own. To each their own. Um, just For a sure. couple of, of small things I wanted to mention. Um, Red Rain. So that was one I think I had heard before in some mm-hmm. context, and the, it's it's cool. I, I liked it, but the biggest thing is like, I was like, oh my gosh, he sounds like Springsteen. Like he has like this real, real like almost. Um, like kind of like rasp in his voice. I think mm-hmm. it's probably like towards the top of his vocal range, but still, um, still effective. And, and I thought that was that that was pretty cool. Um, and then the last thing, and it's just kind of a small thing before we get to kind of the the big the big the big elephant in the room is big time, which is like cheesy '80s pop. But <laughs> um, the the lyric. They're so small, they use small words. I was like, oh my god. Like it's like sick burn, but like I kinda <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean, um I mean circling back to to Red Rain mm-hmm. for a moment, because that I think is the the epitome of what I'm talking about when there's like uh this this wave of sound and these yeah, elements sure. coming sure. in and out. So that one was actually, you know, a favorite uh, of mine. Um, and you saw these little things going on that come in and out that really just keep your ear and your brain um, interested. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm glad you did bring up Peter Gabriel's voice um, because you know, I don't know how you felt about it overall, but I really do like it because it's kind of like it's almost like three voices in one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you have that those um that rasp uh, that you're that you're talking about kind of mm-hmm. when he's when he's singing uh, when he's singing in a lighter mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. sort of way um, and especially on things like um on on mercy streets mm-hmm. and don't give up it's it kind of um makes it feel kind of kind of intimate mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he when he projects more, um, you know that that rasp goes away, and it's got a nice it's got a nice full sound, but the but the tone quality is is interesting, and I don't even really know how to describe it. I'm like, where where is it, where is it placed? Like in his because like, it's not it's not like super forward it's not it's not it's probably further back but it's wide enough with his vowel choices that he can still project and you still get some sharpness from it and the sharpness comes from the shape of the vowels as opposed to the placement where like some some singers are a bit more nasal or forward and, and they're like they're literally singing like out of, the, out of their sinuses um, right. His is further back, which is why you sometimes get that rasp, which I don't mind. I think I think it has it's like an, another character to his voice. You know, if you're if you're, you know, drinking a scotch and you have like a smoky character and then you have like a more like caramel character. Like, I think those are all good things. It just gives you variety. Right. And yeah. he, you know, because we're in 86 when they made this one, you know, he has the benefits. He can harmonize with himself. So it's going to blend great. You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's all going to blend great. Um, it's not it's distinctive. It's not like it's not like Springsteen distinctive. But so like it's not like, oh, you hear it and you immediately know uh, it's his voice. And you're like, oh, that probably sounds familiar. But I think that he does a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I think it's it's a little bit limited. And but he's figured out a way to navigate it, to make it interesting, to sing a lot of different, you know, musical styles based, you know, on this album, at least, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely, you know, some more poppy songs or some things that almost sound folky. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of different vocal styles as well. So it, you know, I, I like it. I mean, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really an interesting voice and, and he, I think he uses it pretty well on this album. Yeah, I would agree. And then voice number three is his is that head voice that he goes mm-hmm. to on occasion. And, um, you know, and I think that that works really well, too. And um, and and I can't quite be sure, but it sounds like production wise, they're they're doubling it in mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in certain places, which uh, which makes it sound cool. So. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, so we've we've definitely talked about some of the finer details here and um i think we we should really go to uh in your eyes which is the uh, mm-hmm. you know just the most well known um that's the uh, money maker clearly. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh yeah i mean and it and i always find it i always find it a little bit difficult to to talk about classics sometimes because they carry all this baggage and you know Mm -hmm. in this case it's associated with the movies say anything and Mm -hmm. you know and and all that but um i mean but bottom line in this case it's it's a great song it's a classic song if you don't like this song i don't know what's wrong with you kind kind of thing um but uh uh but yeah, I, I mean, I think just to kind of get the conversation started, I think what makes the song special is that it's got a lot of the same elements that make the other songs interesting, 
but this one kind of got the it got the injection of like pop you know uh, uh memorability um right. and, and and that hook that just sticks an with undeniable people. an undeniable hook right that's, that's just absolutely brilliant and um I agree with everything you just said. It is hard to kind of just say, can I listen to this anew and and not remember the thousands of times I've heard it in the context in which I've heard them <laughs> heard it. And, and um, you know, it's still just a, a gorgeous song. I, I don't know what else to say. It's haunting. It's beautiful. He sings it well. To, to your point, there's so many different instrumental elements that make it complex and and nuanced and um and just and just great and then and then as you as we were just saying you know it just has the melody that goes over the top and you're just like yeah it's great and i don't really care how many times i hear it like like Mm -hmm. obviously we had heard the song before we listened to the album as i'm going through it it comes on i'm like oh in your eyes okay i know what this sounds like i don't need like another like oral uh reminder of it it's like but i'm not gonna skip it why did i skip it it's a fantastic song like <laughs> yeah let me just sit here for four minutes and listen to this you know <laughs> right right and i think it's i think it's just so hard to come up with something that has a you know that that kind of has its own unique sound like that but is also universally appealing in a way that's um that's accepted by virtually everybody um and i i mean at the end um uh, oh gosh i'm i'm not even gonna try to pronounce the, the guy's name but the guy who's kind of like doing those vocal uh improvisations mm-hmm. you know over the top at the mm-hmm. end of the song i mean who who would put that in a top 40 hit and like right, <laughs> make right, it right, right. make it work um and then at the same time, it's got uh, it's got re- relatable lyrics that are not um, you know that are not totally cliche and you know have it be catchy. So it's um, yeah, it, it it's just it's just really good. I mean, I you know. I don't know if I could like stand there and take it, but I would love to hear, you know, someone talking about, uh, you know, what they don't like about in your eyes. Like I, I don't know. Well, and I think, you know, this is one of those songs. I mean, I'm sure people have covered it, but frankly, I, I mean, I don't need anybody else to sing it. I like Peter Gabriel. I think this is his song. Like he wrote it. It's his. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, of course, artists can can put their own spin on things and do their own ter- interpretations and stuff. But like for me, this one is just like, no, just the original is let's stick with the original. Um, let's not go crazy with the remix. And um, right. And just just under. I mean, I, I I didn't have a chance to look it up and I don't know if you did, but like that's got to be like when when, you know, when you know whether who is it like rolling stone says like the 500 greatest songs ever that's got to be on there it's got to be like top 100 right (laughs) Uh, yeah that that would be interesting 
uh, to find out. I mean, it's it's got to be in the top half, right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't, you know, everything can't be, you know, Beatles, Rolling Stones, and Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, but yeah, and, and and you bringing up the cover is actually interesting because somebody, and I don't know who, I'm saying that a lot in this episode, and <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like that. Yeah, somebody, and I can't remember who, did a cover several years ago, mm. and you know, it's not as good as the original, but they did take the right approach, which is. This song, you know, the 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 original recording just has s- so much that that builds up to the to the end, and there's just so much instrumentation and and vocals and everything. This person who who covered it that I'm gonna look up uh, and post if I can uh, post in the show notes if I can find it. They did the opposite, and I mm-hmm. think it's just acoustic guitar or something it's something very like stripped down like that and and i think that's all you can do is like go totally the other way if you're, if you're gonna I, do something I, I like that i think you have to i mean when something becomes iconic like that like you really can't uh i mean to your own peril if you try to imitate <laughs> or uh, you know you know try to recreate you know brilliance i mean that, that's a pretty hard thing to do yeah so um yeah. but yeah i mean it's just it's it's an all-timer, and uh, I don't know if there's anything else to say about it. Just Folks, just go listen to it again if you haven't listened to it in a while, because it's, it's worth it. Yes, and, um, and for all of you Gen Zers out there, Joe just used the word iconic properly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the definition of, of, of iconic. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, final thoughts. Uh, on on this and and Peter Gabriel in general. Now I think it's this is cool and it's like it, we're building the I I think we're building our own thesis of man we, there was so much crazy stuff happening in the eighties we got to go back and listen to more of it because like <laughs> all kinds of stuff um, was going on and this one definitely I definitely missed it but it was cool to um, it was cool to listen to it um, more closely for this episode it was it was a lot of fun right. Uh, yeah, same here, and I'm not going to belabor a point. Um, you know, just suffice it to say, this is definitely going to, uh, you know, encourage me to look at the rest of uh, Peter Gabriel's catalog. And um, before we go, uh, can you tell the folks what we're going to be talking about next week? Yes. So we have a little special episode, and I, I'm I'm dragging Dan along. Um, this is my own, my own, my own personal <laughs> passion. No, I, I shouldn't say you're very open-minded, which I appreciate. I think, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, so though this podcast is primarily focused on pop music, we're going to, we're going to take a little spin into the classical world and we're not going crazy. I'm not going to make you, you know, Dan, listen to, you know, a five and a half hour opera. We're going to, we're going to start, we're going to go baby baby steps right so we're going to listen to the overture of De Fliegende Holländer which is the Flying Dutchman which is a Richard Wagner opera that was written in the mid 19th century uh it's uh, approximately 11 and a half minute long, minutes long we'll post on our social handles this week a couple of suggested recordings because of course that it's been performed uh thousands of times if not more than that around the world um 
and it's just a, a brilliant, brilliant piece of music. So um, I very much look forward to that. I hope Dan, you are you are looking forward to it as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued, um, and uh, you know, this is, you know, my my first step into into live opera was actually sitting through Tales of Hoffman, which is like four hours and has two intermissions. So I can definitely, <laughs> and I had fun doing that. So I can definitely, um, I can definitely handle this and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see you all next week. It's going to be interesting. All right. Thanks, Danny. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. To connect with us and join the conversation, you can follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at Brothers in Song. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. It really helps us out. Until next time, listen to some new music. You may surprise yourself. <laughs>